I saw myself walking around outside of uh, a building that seemed familiar to a building that I had some sort of some history with. I walked around it, I remember. I entered the first floor. People were dancing with the music. The music was, you know, some Persian classical music. Initially, I thought I couldn't go in. Then I went in. I walked up the floors all the way to the rooftop. And um, they were playing precaution in the rooftop. And I come from, I, I was born into a, a Sufi community. And my spiritual guide was sitting sort of on the rooftop on a cushion and people were playing precautions really loudly around him. And I sat right next to the precautions and I closed my eyes and I allowed the precautions to sort of almost beat my ears, you know, uh, or my, my brain. And all of a sudden my father from nowhere appeared sitting uh, behind me and he kind of held me uh, from behind and he told me that it's okay and he asked me to he asked me to 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 be calm and the context was that uh, I had lost my dad a few months before that maybe two months before that and I I wasn't talking to him uh, for a few months for a few months before that and and I remember thinking sort of longing for him to visit me uh, you know in my dream at least because we weren't talking before and I felt that he was still punishing me and not talking to me even after he was dead My father was a convert. He was Jewish. He was born Jewish um, and very poor in Tehran. And I think he experienced a lot of rejection. And I think he also suffered from undiagnosed um, mental disorders, one of which was depression. But I also think he might have suffered from some psychosis, some sort of uh, chronic psychosis. He was a psychologist himself, so he was very well aware of it. And he tried to manage it as much as possible. So he was a convert into that uh, Sufi order. I was born in a Sufi house. My parents were keepers of the house. So we, I grew up being extremely close to the community and not knowing anything outside of it. Sufism is a mystical expression and practice within Islam. I come from a particular Sufi order that takes a lot of its practices and its history from South Asia. It emerged in Iran, but it traveled to South Asia some 500 years ago, and uh, it took a lot of their meditation techniques, um, and then it traveled back to Iran. Usually music tends to be a big element of Sufi mystical practice. Collective meditation, that they call it zikr, is a big part of the, this practice as well. When I was 12, my mom uh, insisted that we move out of the Sufi house, and that was sort of the beginning of my feeling dissonance between myself and the Sufi house and then she um, and my father grew apart. 
I think she needed me to be on her side. And the Sufi order, which was, you know, old and traditionalist and very patriarchal, was always, or she at least saw it as, as the order being on my father's side. And I inherited that rift between my mother and the Sufi order. And at the same time, I couldn't help but see how my father dissociated from this world through Sufism. I remember starting to not wanting to go to the Sufi house anymore. We used to, even when we moved out, we would go for the collective meditations twice a week on Thursdays and Sundays. And I remember when I was 15, I started to excuse myself and not go. And a lot of people, sort of people like me who grow up within that community, get initiated uh, into the Sufi path early on. Before they were 18, I didn't. Um, my father really wanted me to. It was, it was a way of also bonding with me. I think that his whole world was, you know, organized around his belief. My father moved in. He, he didn't have a place to live. He moved out of our house our apartment and he went and lived with the sheikh uh, who was a very good friend of him but I didn't feel comfortable going there and I actually didn't want to go there so we would meet in public which was the weirdest thing for me to like meet your father in public and he would take me to this uh, place that served soups and he used to love spicy food he used to love spicy food too to an extent that he used to compete with his friends and they used to all get rashes after uh, after a competition <laughs> but so we would go to this uh, soup place it's called ash it's a it's a genre of thick soups uh, in iranian cuisine and he would show me he would teach me how to uh, put a layer of uh, red pepper <laughs> on the soup and just eat it little by little and then like add another layer and we would uh, cry uh, from the spiciness together and um, that was my time maybe once a month with him for, for a while. I moved away uh, from Iran. I left Iran when I was 23 alone to India. I lived in India for a couple of years Went back to Iran, left again, came to Canada, and I found the Sufi house again here. They do have a house here in Toronto. And I think I started going just because I felt very ungrounded here and I felt like I really didn't belong. I used to just go very sporadically, just drop by. And because my parents, especially my father, was such an old member of the community, everybody know, knows him, even if they hadn't met him uh, here. So I was, I was welcomed um, very warmly and very, in a very hospitable way. And then after a few years of living in Canada, I attended one of the big meditation, collective meditation rituals, I guess, yearly. I went to one of them in DC and I got initiated after, I asked to be initiated after that. I was 28 then. So I did go back to my community, but I don't think that my ambivalence towards, or my, my ambivalent sense of belonging ever got resolved. 
because we, as I said, we ended up, we weren't talking to each other for two months, I think. And, and we had a big fight. We had a big feud before we kind of stopped talking to each other. I was actually uh, staying uh, for a longer period at, a, at one of the Sufi houses, which is in, uh, in a farm in Oxford when we had that feud. And I remember I was, I thought he's just never gonna change and how awful it is that he's never going to get out of the hell in his brain that he has created for himself and he lives in and it's I found it so hard to endure um, his wrath which wasn't targeted towards me ever but it was I mean sometimes it was but mostly it was towards my mother and my brother and my my aunt and so on and so forth and maybe I, I guess part of part of the story is that my father had cancer and he didn't tell anybody and he didn't treat it We weren't speaking. I got a call from my mother, who was now divorced, um, 10 years uh, divorced, from my father telling me that your father is in coma, you should come. By the time I was back, he was gone. And I remember kept asking, I kept asking everybody if he's asking for me or if he's saying my name or, and he wasn't. I had a lot of anger towards him. And when he passed away, all that anger, I think, was replaced by just regret and immense sadness. He didn't know how to show love. I don't think he grew up with a lot of love. And I didn't know how to show, show my love for him. And I just wish, I just wish I could um, more intentionally, you know, show him that I love him. Dream Logic is produced by me, Elias Campbell. This episode was scored and mixed by Sarah Bassiano. Our theme music is by Sean Sutherland, cover art by Stephen McLaughlin. Special thanks to our guest this week, Jay. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DreamLogicShow. If you have a dream you want to share, email us at dreamlogicpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe, rate, leave us a review, or share the show with a friend. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for our third season, but uh, we hope to be back to you soon. Take care.